Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good evening. Good afternoon. Welcome to V and CJ's Gentlemen's Hour, where we are wearing smoking jackets and drinking bourbon and discussing geopolitics. We are very formal these days. Isn't that right, CJ? That is extremely correct, V. Yes, we're very formal. Uh, We're here to tell you that uh, Russia is losing the war. Um, they've CJ. The last count was from official mainstream sources. Is over three thousand Russian troops have been killed, uh, five hundred tanks destroyed. The ghost of Kiev is back again, and uh, they've shot. He shot down another five hundred aircraft. Um, they're bogged down, and uh, it's it's pretty much as uh, Don Lemon would say, game over. Right or Adam Kinzinger would say is they're being owned. Isn't that right, CJ? Incredible information. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, folks, it's me, the Gorilla Economist, and CJ. We are back, and it's look. It's another day in Rogue. Lots of things going on. Check us out, RogueNews.com. RogueNews.com. It is the <clears throat> central jump-off point for all things geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic. Oh, I need to take a sip of that coffee right there. My throat's getting itchy. More Java. Mm. Mount caffeine. You, know, you know what I'm loving, man? Death Wish Coffee. And I'm not doing this as a paid production, right? Death Wish Coffee is delicious. It's strong, it's organic, and it gets me going. Anyway, roguenews.com, folks, that is the place where you can catch this broadcast, every other broadcast. Everything will be. You know, people will say, where do I catch all your shows? Roguenews.com, roguenews.com, roguenews.com. And, um, and with roguenews.com, um, they're also going to be offering a, a special service um, uh, eventually, which is you're going to have some exclusive content, uh, paid subscribership. I think we had like three or four people sign up. I, we didn't even advertise this, and people are like signing up. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I don't want you guys to sign up yet, uh, but soon, soon, okay? Because um, you also get some time of one-on-one time with me where we can go over the geostrategy, you know, uh, our, your strategy for life, strategy for life. Not financial advice, but strategy for life. Hobo, I am drinking Death Wish coffee. Okay, Death Wish coffee. Uh, I'll show you guys what this looks like. This is actually quite good. I'm, I'm, you know, because Black Rifle just turned woke on me, so I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't deal with, uh, I can't deal with uh, Black Rifle coffee anymore. Once you go so, woke, you broke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, how do you do that? Like, how do you like, you know, it's crazy. And these guys, uh, Death Wish is straight out of New York. And it's just some kick-ass, powerful, you know, punch you in the in, in the gut, get you going, coffee, man. Right here, this is Death Wish. They sell it everywhere. You you probably go to your store. Hobo, you might have to have this imported because I know you're in like in Thailand and stuff. But um, yeah, you could uh, if you can get it, get it, man. It's 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 like twenty dollars a bag, right? Usually you can probably find it cheaper sometimes on sale on Amazon. Maybe you can get it. Um, it's awesome. Okay, it is awesome, and uh, it's got a lot of look, world's strongest coffee, right? Death Wish, 
Oh, it's so good. And it's organic, man. So you've got K cups. You can nice. do uh yeah, you can do uh K cups. Um the the caffeine content is is a little bit higher. Okay, meeting roast, uh, Valhalla Java coffees are always fair trade plus USDA certified organic coffee that slaps. Okay, and it does slap you. So I've switched to Death Wish. It's delicious. It's clean. It's not a you know it's you don't have that burnt taste that you get with Starbucks. It's a it's a very smooth smooth coffee. And and look, I I had maybe two hours of sleep last night, and maybe cumulative maybe six hours of sleep in the last three days and uh i could vouch for this you're not um you know here's the thing with this it's not going to give you the jitters you know it's not going to give you the jitters you actually feel pretty good that's why it says coffee jitters here's the fix these guys are not even paying me man listen single serve they'll tell you how to do it they have pour over maker i mean that is innovative man single serve pour over oh i gotta order this siege i didn't know about this what's that bro Look at this. How to make a single serve pour over. There you go. This is brilliant. They have a pour over pouch. You can buy it and then pour some hot water over it. Dude, I love a pour over coffee. I think once you go pour over, you never go back. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Even have a subscription well, service. Frenchy press. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are from New York. Okay. Look at that. Fourteen fifty a month for freaking awesome coffee. They're from New York, so New Yorkers know real New Yorkers, not the gentrified move to New York 10, 20 years ago. Real New Yorkers have been there their entire life, like myself. There's a, there's a certain greediness to us that uh, that people are drawn to or they're terrified by, either way. But yeah, Death Wish Coffee, this is not a paid... They should be paying me for doing this, but it is what it is. But I'm not getting paid. I just love it. It's freaking awesome, it's, especially if you're sick of... Black Rifle, Woke woke Water Gun Coffee over there. (laughs) That's right, fellas. New Yorkers are survivors, man. We've been through it all. We've been through it all. It's sad to see that we, at the core, is like some of the most hardcore people on God's green earth, especially in this country. Some of the most hardcore people are New Yorkers. And I've never seen so many lions being led around by lambs. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because everybody's busy trying to live. Everybody's busy grinding out. Nobody's been paying attention to politicians. And now it's like, dude, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, the, 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 the libtards have a stranglehold on that place. Unbelievable. Anyway, see, lots going on. I don't know where you want to begin. Uh, let's see here. Let's let's talk a little bit around some of the, the conversation as regards to the, the negotiations, the the amount of pressure that's going on with uh, with the UN, with NATO, all these attempts, right? Like that, you know, people feel that they can they can pressure uh, Russia into just stopping without without any type of you know any any type of engagement in regards to what their requests are. And beyond, I just I get tired of the same narrative being painted over every time that that Vladimir Putin is this 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 evil person in the world that he's. He's he's awful. He's he, uh, he, tribunals. He's going to be heading tri- tribunals for the oh, war, yeah, crimes, war crimes. V. The war crimes that he's committing. V. The war crimes. The war crimes. And I think to me, people of the West, um, primarily Caucasian white people, not being racist here, they're they're so bigoted. Not all people, but most people are so bigoted that they don't understand the death and destruction that's been created 
by the United States of America. Close to what? 500,000? A million? How many the, in, in Iraq? I mean, you can, you, when you count up the last 50 years, the 30, when you look at all the, all the wars and all the things that came out of war, it's CIA body count and the U.S. deep state body count. When you count all the wars, well, you're looking at between five and seven million siege. The, the root of all evil of this world is the United States federal government. Yep. And I don't say that lightly. Call me a hater of America. Call me a hater of, of pat- patriotism, whatever you want. I, mm. I, I don't care. Label me what you want. I, I'm not part of that cancel culture. So. I'm not concerned with that. However, what I am concerned with is this attempt that's being waged primarily, again, in the West, here in the media, for us to pretend that the United States is some innocent country, oh. that, that we, 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 are the, we are a force for good in the world. <laughs> yep. Mm. And, and that is absolutely incorrect. The United States government is not a force for good in the world. We are not. Mm. We, we, we are the root of all evil tied to this, this broken policy, this, this broken agenda that has been waged at one thing, V, and that's to protect the financial institutions, to protect the big banks. And you said it, V, numerous times. You've said it throughout the years that every war is a banker's war, and this war is no different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right, man. And here's the thing. Here's where we're culpable, right? You get the government you deserve, right? Because after all, we live in a in a representative constitutional republic. You get to vote your electors. And this is what needs to be missed. We are in the position we're in as the most banal, evil entity on God's green earth. And I'm not calling the American public and the people, the good citizens of this country, evil. What I'm calling and what CJ's talking about is the parasitic evil that exists in Washington, D.C. I've been to Washington, D.C. That whole place reeks of evil. Everything from the monuments, everything from, uh, um, and I'm not talking about George Washington. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about there's so much occult symbology there, it's nauseating. It's nauseating. I mean, let's not pretend that that's not what the case is. So we're talking about those who go to war in our name. And I'm also am kind of pissed off because the American public has yet to have a serious adult discussion as to why and who and what is done under his name by the government under the pretext of spreading freedom and democracy. You know, I was watching, CJ, that whole Jocko Willing thing where he was talking about President Putin. You've invaded Ukraine. And to that was some gross miscalculation. I'm like, dude, you GI tool. Not forget, not GI Joe, but GI tool. I'm like, dude, shut up. I'm like, here's the thing. I respect Jocko for what he does. Great guy, whatever, right? But in terms of what he knows on geopolitics is abysmal. It's nothing. And I bring him up because it's a symptomatic problem. America good, rest of the world bad. America best, rest of the world sucks. America's the richest, the rest of the world's poor. America's, uh... Folks, there is something inherently wrong with the West. And what is inherently wrong is not only have we lost our culture, we've lost our perspective. 
if we've lost our perspective and our culture, then when you lose those two things, there's there's another thing that goes out the window when you lost when you lose those two, and that is critical thinking. And the and, and the establishment knows this. They know in order to get a people critical thinking out, you got to first dehumanize their culture. You got to first eradicate their culture. You got to eradicate what they hold dear. You got to eradicate and destroy. And we're so busy with fragmented families. We're so busy where the husband's working, the wife is working, the kids are at school. Everybody's at some sort of damn institution somewhere. Everybody's sitting in the cubicle. If your dog could go out, get a W-2 and sit on a cubicle, the government would figure out a way to do that too. And we're, we are systemically and culturally gone. And even if we were to foist a nationalist comeback, which I'm hoping and praying for, there's a damn snowball's chance of hell and, and that happening. And that, that means there is a slight chance of this happening. Without winning back the culture, it is no point. There's no point in it. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know, a lot of people are like, look, um, we got to get manufacturing back. You cannot get manufacturing back unless you got to shackle the beast. You got to slay the dragon. And I'm talking about banking. You're going to have to corral the wild Mustang that is banking. You've got to reinstate Glass-Steagall. You need to relaunch a Pecora Commission, just like during the Great Depression with FDR. He launched the Pecora Commission. We need to do that again. We need a new Pecora Commission. Why is it during the whole financial crisis the only country in the world, in the Western world, that jailed its bankers were Iceland. The only one. Over here, every single person got promoted. And now the West, which has bombed, destroyed, pillaged every single nation out there, right? Every single nation out there, they are now calling for war crimes. Oh, yeah. War crimes. Think about this. They are Vladimir Putin in his entire time as president hasn't invaded anybody. They've handled internal problems. Ukraine. For those of you that don't know your history. Is really not a country. That might offend some of you. Their language is a bastardized form of Russian. Their country has been a provincial province, Western Ukraine especially, has always been a, they had a, a revolving door of conquerors that, that came in and out of Western Ukraine. Okay? In and out. The Poles, the Lithuanians, the Latvians, I mean, it, it was a revolving door of who was controlling Western Ukraine. And then Eastern Ukraine has always been part of Russia, has always been. And that's why in Eastern Ukraine, folks, it's still Russian-speaking Ukrainians. Ukraine is literally three countries that was lambat that was that was that was smashed together at the end by I mean, by the, the 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 Bolsheviks, right? And it was it, and it, it, that whole region came together under the Bolsheviks, and at the end of the Cold War, globalist factions, along with the Russian oligarchs and, and Ukrainian oligarchs that were, that were trying to 
carve up Russia and eradicate her from the face of the earth by having a resources pillage created this concept of Ukraine, as, as we know today, the modern-day Ukraine. So Russia is handling an internal problem. So for handling an internal problem where, as I'm talking to you right now, Mariupol is completely surrounded, and it's only a matter of time that the Azov Brigade and the Nazis and their killings stop. The amount of war crimes that have been done by the Ukrainian government, it is egregious. When people find out what it's all about, hold on, that was my Mission Impossible rings. Let me me kill that. Sorry about that, that was an alarm. (laughs) So when people find out exactly the real war crimes that have been done, will the Hague, will the Western leaders and the politicians, will they... Will they call for war crimes? I mean, look at this real quick. Watch this, guys. Look at this. Oh yeah. And this is and this has increased since two thousand one. This number's gone up. Look at this. Among, and this is <laughs> among the two hundred and forty eight armed conflicts that occurred in one hundred and fifty three regions across the world from nineteen forty five to two thousand one. This is not even counting what has happened since two thousand one. Mean, that's because we're busy spreading freedom and democracy, mm, but you don't understand, baby. That's right. We're making the world a better place. America help every country. America help every country. Americans have been yeah, Americans are under the impression, my God, you know, we've been spending ten, sending tens of billions of dollars in aid to Africa. Where's all the money going? Laundering operations. That's where it's going, lady. Money laundering operations. That's where it's going in Africa. And it's recircled, recircled back. To the arms industry, which goes ahead and sells weapons to African despots. Wash, rinse, repeat. Who's helping Africa more these days? Is it America or is it China? Oh, it's them Chicoms. That's right. Them organ harvesting, Uyghur genocide causing, uh, you know, despotic regime called China. They're the ones doing it. Even though every single day, 300 on average, 300 millionaires are broken in China every single day and one billionaire a day daily. They make 300 millionaires and one billionaire a day. Those are facts from international figures, my friends. They're, yep. they're, they're despotic. Yep. They're despotic. You know, there's a point. You know, I, I have, you know, slowly but slowly, you know, surely I've been, you know, building, learning, and, 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 and you know, my entire life's ambition was to was to have a private equity hedge fund, right? And um, I, I, I come to realize it's much easier for me to build something like a, like, like a real private equity fund overseas than it is for me to do it over here. Over here, it's completely locked out. Over here, it's all about the big boys. It's all about, you know, the mainstream guys controlling all and everything, running the table, so to speak. We're not that economically great. And the reason why I bring this up is this. We have this false notion that we're the richest, greatest, most wonderful country in God's green earth. We're not. We're pretty much bottom of the barrel when it comes to the developed world in every metric. Lose your V? Yeah, I'm here. here. (laughs) You know? Yesterday, Lavrov 
gave uh, an amazing interview, which I could see I could I, I I could you know play, and there is major topics he covered. He covered what happened in Ukraine after 2014. He detailed what happened between Russia and NATO. He details special military operations that is occurring today in Ukraine. He covered Ukraine and nuclear weapons potential, Nord Stream 2, Western sanctions. He covered the negotiations and the talk, and they're meeting again today to speak uh, in Belarus. And, and how to settle. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. No, no, continue with the, the, the Lavrov thing, because I'm going to remember what I was going to say here in a second, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and then the other day, Lavrov spoke in, uh, um, uh, to the UN. And what happened? All the Western pansy, soy-laden, global homo-worshipping, rainbow flag-waving, you know, uh, dildo in the rear end having Western leaders in the UN walked out because it's all about trans rights. Trans rights. It's mental retards. That's what's happening. Nobody wants to hear facts and truth. Everybody wants the narrative. And, and folks, I am amazed, and, I, and, I, and, I, and it sickens me. Idiots who are everything from video game channels and reviews to to uh, 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 something as mundane as home and garden crap ch- uh, channels on YouTube. Everybody has a Ukraine flag over them. They have no idea. Idiots that don't know jack shit about the history, the background, the context, the, the anything. They're repeating media axioms. Media axioms. I'm like, dude, this is not even your thought, bro. I listen to these jokers. I'm like, this is you didn't come up with this. This is a talking point you 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 found on, on social media or CNN or the BBC or Sky News. They're all Ukraine Russian experts right now. How dare Russia attack Ukraine? My God, if you fucking knew what was happening in Ukraine to Eastern. Folks, there is not <sighs> what is happening to Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine, and how Western Ukraine, those in Kiev, Washington-backed CIA punks in Kiev, what they were doing to the Russian ethnic groups that are in the Donbass region, which is Donetsk and Lugansk, is nothing. The nothing of the short similar. To what was happening in Rwanda between the 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 the, the Tutsis and the Houthis, not the Houthis, the the, the Tutsis and the the Houthis, right? There's no difference between the Rwandan genocide and what is happening in Eastern Ukraine. There's no difference when a when a young little girl who's ethnic Russian is walking and is picked up by a bunch of Nazi soldiers from the Azov Brigade, taken to their barracks, and raped to death. There's no difference. There's no difference when they're cutting off a woman's breast and having her bleed out while they rape her. There's no difference. There's no difference where they're setting people's houses on fire with them in it. Several videos I have seen. There's no difference. There's no difference... When they fired grad rockets on schools, killing teachers and students, there's no difference. You got to understand, folks, the Donbass and the Lugansk, the, the Bans region with Donetsk and Lugansk has already said, under the Minsk agreements, you guys straighten it up. We'll be happy to come back to Ukraine. But stop the killing. 
They can't help it. Because why? Because the racist sons of bitches who, and it's funny when I look at the Spavoda, when I look at the Azov Brigade, when I look at the Banderas, when I, they, they, they worship Hitler and the Nazis, they wear all sorts of Nazi regalia, the SS Thunderbolts, the, 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 the Nazi death's head, all of it, the Nazi cross, the swastikas, all of this, right? All of it. Balaj guy is right. right. Rwanda took a morally strong man to fix it as well. Amen to that, brother. And you look at Azov, they're doing all this, and, and yet it's funny to me because Hitler hated Slavs. So you have these Slavs. You have these Slavs who think that they're some sort of a master race and they're killing other ethnic Slavs who happen to speak the same language that you do, who happen to have the same culture you do, except you just have the bastardized, knockoff, cheap version of it. You happen to have the 20th century invention of this culture, this knockoff culture that you're... You know, that you've taken onto yourself. And now you think you've taken on the view. I mean, think about it. I was watching some news outlets. Stage. They were saying, you know, Ukraine, huh, it's so much more civilized than Iraq <laughs> or Libya. <laughs> I want to bang my head. When you know about the war crimes that have been committed in Donbass region, when you want to know about the tens, you know what the body count is, Siege? Before Russia even went in, this is a conservative estimate, and a lot mean? of What's experts, that? a lot of experts think it's even double this: twenty thousand dead, twenty thousand dead in the Donbas region since two thousand fourteen up until right before when Russia uh, invaded. Twenty thousand dead. That's how many conservatively that we know of from that region. Civilians murdered, raped. And here the the, the, the the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense pulling out bullshit numbers. We destroyed 500 Russian tanks, 200 aircraft, 17 submarines. There was a submarine rolling down the street, and we killed that submarine as well, yes. I mean, the most unbelievable bullshit. And here you have Russia, slowly but surely. And, and today's strike in Kiev, yesterday Russia already announced. They called everybody's cell phone in the region, gave them all text messages, drop leaflets, you name it. Listen, tomorrow at such and such a time, we will be striking the intelligence complex that is in Kiev. Make sure that you're out of their area. What more can they do? It's unbelievable, man. Truly unbelievable. And to think that this issue is going to be resolved with you know any type of a diplomacy at this point is 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 unrealistic why why do i say that because there's no adults in the conversation to address what the concerns are of russia no one is willing to concede to state that hey look okay we, we were wrong ukraine is never going to be part of nato they're not willing to concede that and that to me is 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 point one so putin's absolutely right to refuse some of these meetings what's the point of having meetings to discuss something that they're not even willing to even 
begin at something constructive of a, of a talking point. That may sound <clears throat> negative. That may sound sound naive. But I think that that they're all in. Harley make it. Harley Schlinger made up a great point on his his uh, his podcast today with the Schiller Institute and and uh, Larouche organization. He spoke specifically about about Prince Charles. And V help me out. V help me out here because I, I forget mm-hmm. the name of the organization that they head up in regards to economic you know development and and their most recent meeting in Davos and and they talked about what the agenda is. And and they, he made a very specific comment. You can go watch Harley's video because he he says it out that the type of change to the economic model that needs to proceed needs to be similar to to a war. Maybe don't quote me on that, but similar to those same words. Yeah. And and V, it this is this is a victory lap. Not no no shame to my game here. But here at Rogue V, we've been right about so many things, V. Yep. You've been right about 30,000 Dow. We were right about Syria. Mm-hmm. We were right about, about Trump. We were one of the first to start, you know, to say, you know, some of the warning signs there, bombing in Syria, about, about the executive order with vaccines, the Department of Defense working with the pharmaceutical industry. We were right about, about, about COVID, that it was, it's basically authoritarian takeover, that when everyone else was saying, you know what, we need to... Do, we need to do the right thing. Let's let's give it two weeks. We said no, no, no. They're going to use this no different than nine eleven. It's an authoritarian. We were right about all that, yeah. and and I'm going to go on the record today and state that the reason why there's no recourse with this, and they're fine with the, the destruction of life, the the globalists, the, the 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 World Bank, they understand that this current financial economic model that's currently built is over. It's done. It's done. It's game over. And they need this war. They need this war escalate this escalation so that they can pivot and they can transform the current debt ridden financial broken system and evolve it into something else. They need this. COVID brought us to a certain level of, of, of that, but it did it didn't finish it. And this is this is a death blow. And that's why they're not they're not backing backing out. Do I think that Putin is playing into their hands in, in regards to this? No, I don't think Putin's playing his hand. He's he's doing everything that he can to, to defend his country, to look out for the sovereignty of Russia, the future prosperity for the people, the economic system that he doesn't want to participate in. You have to understand there's two factions here, people that want to evolve and participate in the new world order of, of what they envision, envision in terms of their digital monetary system. And, and we're not going to do that. Why in the hell would we be stupid enough to let the people that created the economic devastation, the wealth extraction that's occurred, the amount of debt that's taking place, why would we allow them to be central players and create the new model? Why would we be so stupid to do that? But that's exactly what the West is walking into. And that's what Putin, China, and them are fine. They're not like, no, no, no. They're like saying, hey, you know what? You're not going to be in charge of the new economic model, the new system that we're evolving to. We don't want to be part of that game. Right. And and so we've reached that point and that's why they need this. And so when you hear people say this isn't going to this is going to escalate this this isn't going to be World War 3 and everything. You know what? You you better history doesn't define where we currently are. Yes, you can go back in textbooks and read and all that kind of good stuff to understand that yeah there are certain dynamics, but we're on a new path here. This is unprecedented in in terms of this escalation and this change and 
and they're all in and they're not backing down because they need this. They need this major war and 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 potentially uh world war, world war 3 and if and if they get their no fly zone, they get these weapons stepped in, that's that's what they want. They're 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 not backing down and I think Putin and Xi completely understand this. They're always three or four moves ahead on the yep. on the chessboard. So we need to brace ourselves. We need to get ready. And I'm not saying that lightly. I'm not saying that to fear monger. I'm not saying that, but we need to come to that realization. And those people that are saying, hey, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to go where. If I'm wrong, I'll, I'll be the first to jump on there and say, hey, you know what? Thank God I was wrong because we're not there. But V, my instincts and and firm believer that you go with your instincts are, are telling me that that this time is different, that they're, that they're all in. And, and again, going back to, Every war is a banker's war, and this is about a complete massive transition into their ne- new economic system, what they envision and getting away from the current debt, uh, financial, the, the, the dollar and all that kind of good stuff. So that's my thoughts. Um, very passionate about it because I've, I've been thinking very heavily about it. And too many analysts and too many people are not calling this for what it is. And we need to do that. Absolutely. And very well said. That was a great breakdown by our guy, Andre the Saker. Um pretty interesting i also comment on this as well but uh see you hit the nail on the head these idiots are are you know I, I thank god right with all their hubris they are playing with a withered hand with all their bravada with all their boasting and bragging thinking that they are the masters of the universe that they're the lords of all they survey and i'm talking about the idiots in the west western leaders i'm talking about this this uh this 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 about to be broken in half monarchy that 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 lives in the UK. I'm talking about these assholes, right? I thank God they are playing with a withered hand. They don't have the spine. They've not only decimated and destroyed their own manufacturing capabilities, CJ, but they've also decimated and destroyed their own population of men. Yes, yes. Very few men with any sort of modicum of testosterone or sperm counts exist in the West. Very little. They're all a bunch of soy boys. Or they're all under some sort of a, a xenoestrogen attack because of all the junk that they eat. So here's the latest breakdown. It's from uh, our guy Saker, who has some very, very great sources on the ground from a military standpoint. The Saker is uh, former Swiss intelligence. That's his background. Swiss military intelligence was that's what he did. And uh, he's going to break it down here. The Russian attack began as, produ- as predicted. And next week, folks, I'm going to have uh, Andre Martinov on, so that's going to be great. So anyway, the Russian attack began as predicted mostly by strikes with standoff weapons. 24 hours later, the UK Air Force and Navy ceased to exist. In this initial phase, few Ukrainian units were directly engaged. The bulk of the Nazi forces is in Donbass, and it took the LDNR forces several days to break through the Nazi defenses, but eventually they did it in two directions. At the same time, while the heavy combats between the Nazi forces in the Donbass and the LDNR forces were taking place, the, Russian, the Russians launched a two-pronged offensive from the north and the south to envelop the Nazi force concentrations. Interestingly, in spite of the fact that the two Russian forces have not yet reached each other in spite of the existing no-man's land between them, the Ukro-Nazis are not making any serious effort to break through. And I'd also say that the Chechen special ops just basically purged a town uh, that's right near Mariupol of uh, the Azov Brigade. And as the Azov bastards were retreating for their life like a bunch of pussies, 
they left behind a great deal of arms and armament. I've seen the video with the Chechens there. Like I said, see, these guys talk a great game. These CIA-funded LARPers known as the Azov Brigade, you know, they're, 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 they all act like tough guys and they're raping little girls. But it's another thing when you're facing hardened, beast-mode Chechen fighters, bro. It's a different game. You might have – I mean, the Russians are sending the Spartans at this point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's a level, different game. Yeah, different, different level of game. Ask and, anybody that lives in, in, the, in the Eurasian continent, okay, do you think Chechens are tough fighters? They, they will shit their pants. People are actually terrified of Chechen special ops. They're very scared of them. Guys are hard as nails, man. The same is true for the Nazi forces in Mariupol. For them, it's curtain down, show over. There's a large Nazi force left in one location, which is Odessa, and that is where the massacre of Odessa occurred, which Vladimir Putin talked about, and he will bring that to justice. It appears that the Russians want to encircle it and take a final decision on how to deal with the city. Kiev is a total mess. Russians did not even try to enter the city yet, but the crazy rumors combined with the terrified Ukraine-Nazis will make one a particularly difficult situation to resolve. I personally hope that the Russians stay as they are, block the city in on all sides, open a humanitarian corridor, which they've already done, and wait until the time is right. On the informational war, this is where the only place where the Ukraine and the West is winning because we have so many dumb, low-IQ fucking morons who have their heads shoved firmly up their ass while watching TikTok videos, okay? The informational war is where, the, is where Russia is getting a beating. RT and Sputnik are banned everywhere. Absolutely insane rumors are circulating. We all seen the rumors. The ghost of Kiev, the shark of Kiev, <laughs> the... Um, the the, uh, the 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 you know all all, all these special warriors the the, the ten thousand Russian tanks that were obliterated all the while, I mean these idiots don't realize okay um, if all these Russians are losing and and the Russians are out of food and fuel and and Russian they're like yeah we're destroying Russian tanks with what Molotov cocktails okay sure, I mean literally I saw I, these, these idiots are, are, are all of a sudden experts in um. In, in, in warfare, and they're writing articles. I, I don't know if it was the Washington Post or the New York Times saying, oh, Molotov cocktails are a problem for Russian tanks. Are you fucking kidding me? Molotov cocktails against a T-90 or a T-80? Are you kidding me? And they haven't even, they haven't even, I don't even think they're bringing in their big guns, their big guns, man. I don't even think they're going to bring in the T-14s, which they tested in Syria. I highly doubt that any of their new technology has been deployed at this point. They're not probably yet. Just, you know, there's no need. There's no yep. need. The only thing that they've tried, they've uh, utilized their high-tech weaponry for, which I think were, was the was um, was the Sconders, was the bioweapons labs. They've hit um, um, uh, those bioweapons labs with Iskander cruise missiles uh, that had uh, thermobaric warheads on it. This is why there are people saying there was these strange cruise missiles flying around, unrecognized cruise missiles flying around in, 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 in Ukraine. Those are the Iskanders. All right, so on the information, okay, so uh, Sputnik and RT is, is pretty much banned. It's hard to get. I mean, if you got Google, try to go on RT.com. You can't get it. You have to use, like, a, a VPN. I know for a fact that U.S. colleagues, colleges have banned their computers from accessing any .ru or .su websites. Yes, their entire domain names are being shut down. Russian diplomats get assaulted in one of the 3B uh, statelets, if I remember correctly. Uh, the Western PSYOP onslaught is so powerful that even some people in Russia are fearful and sincerely worry of what will happen to us next. 
Western IT companies are disconnect are, are disconnecting, throttling, while private Western crackers are unleashing DDoS uh, attacks on pretty much all the main Russian websites, not only informational ones, but also those that are used to run the civilian infrastructure of Russia. So in other words, they're full-on cyber war, full-on financial war is on. I'm not impressed by how much or little Russian PR people did to prepare for this, which was easy to see coming. Here again, the West is so far winning, but a, a huge margin. The West society is displaying its hatred of all things Russian in every way it can. Hundreds and maybe thousands of students are, are summarily expelled from Western colleges, which used to be bastions of freedom. In a Swiss city, the child of a friend of mine was beat up in a school for being an evil Russian, quote-unquote. Artists are expelled. Others are pressured and condemned in their own country and, pre- and president and Western prostitutes and politicians unceasingly vomit at Russia, Russians and Russian and everything Russia. Here's the thing, folks. I hope you Russians learned this. See, Russians always thought, and I, I, think, I think you know Tim Kirby made the point, right? Tim Kirby had a great article, and he's like, you know, Russians have always felt that maybe one day the West will accept them, right? And you have a lot of Russian youth that emulate Western culture, Western music, Western fashion, Western styles. I hope this comes as a lesson to all of you Russians. The West hates you. Not the people of the West, because they're a bunch of sheep. But the Western leaders hate you. And the Western leaders look at you, especially the elites in the West, look at you as, as the sacred said, snow N-word. Okay? Rhymes with uh, wiggers. Okay? That's what, they, that's what they, they, they call them snow wiggers. Okay? That's, I'm not, uh, insert the N-word. You guys get the idea. Okay? That's how Western oligarchs view Russians. They view them as subhuman. They view them as vodka-drinking idiots, and they're stupid, and they're not smart. Meanwhile, the average Russian has a higher IQ. Uh, they're just – I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's, it's, it's bullshit. And I hope that you guys finally understand. The West hates you. Stop trying to cozy up to the West. You'll never be accepted by the Europeans. You have a chance of being accepted by Americans. But we have our own problems here. We have a, 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 an out-of-control government. We have an out-of-control government that needs to, be taken, needs to be taken out. Legally. I'm not calling for violence here. But Europeans, the old ha- uh, oligarchs, no, 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 no. They have a deep-seated disdain for you. Same thing in the UK. They think you guys are a bunch of criminal thugs. You guys are stupid. You guys are not that smart. You're not sophisticated. You're not polished. You know, any one of these things. Even though you have one of the most amazing countries, I recommend anybody look. Do, I mean, you know, you look at any any any, any great Russian city: Krasnodar, Sochi, Saint Petersburg, Moscow. I mean, beautiful, incredible, right? I'm incredible. They treat you like you're idiots. They treat you like you're subhuman. They do that on by on purpose. By making you subhuman, so this way they can manipulate the populations into supporting whatever action they want against you. So stop cozying up to the West. Russia and the, look, there's no future. I mean, my God, guys, you guys have been doing this since the czar days. Okay? 
You've been doing it since Ivan the Terrible. I, Ivan the Terrible was not terrible. That's what the Western oligarchs called him. Ivan the Terrible was a great nationalist who loved his country, did what's best for his people. And for that, he's known as Ivan the Terrible in history. I mean, since the days of Ivan the Terrible till the days of Vladimir Putin, hundreds of years, Russia, you've been trying to get along with the West. Get a clue. Take a note. There's something about these crazy freaking Europeans. They don't like you. You stand a better chance of uh, with us Americans. But us Americans, we need to have an, a, a serious adult discussion and we need to seriously overthrow Washington, D.C. and get our foreign policy correct. If we can do that, then Russia and the U.S. can be friends. And Russians and Americans are perfect together. Same with Germans. It's a perfect fit. Russia, Germany, and the United States. It's a perfect fit. It's a perfect fit. But the globalist oligarchs keep these three countries separate. They pit us against each other. It's the craziest thing. It's the craziest thing, Siege. I swear. Yeah, it, it, it is the craziest thing. And I think when you think the ideas of, and, and maybe I'm just being negative. I'm probably being way too negative. But if you think of the vast history of our country and the foundation and, and you know how it existed and how it was built upon, the, the treatment of the American Indians, the, the, the you know, the, the devastation that occurred with them. I mean, we, I mean, the dark, the dark history that's, that's, that's there and, and the path of the direction that we've, we've gone on for, for, you know, several, several years yep. and the major transition that, that, that needs to happen. It's, it's, it's going to take a long time. It's not, it's not, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be that, you know, you know, I, I pray and hope this because now more than ever, there are more people who are on alert footing. There's more people who are on uh, very being very aggressive because they understand how our life has been just, you know, completely messed up for so long. And I pray and hope this. I, I pray and hope that Biden gets reelected in 2024. <laughs> you know, I, he's done. He's done more to wake up Americans than anyone else. I, I, I do because the last thing that we need—the last thing that we re- need right now—is another controlled opposition player coming into to the Oval Office, heading into it, and, and then everyone falls back asleep, saying that everything's going to be okay. Oh, look, you know, we got we have our side. We have we have our the red now in in the Oval Office. Everything's going to be good. We're going to control things. It, it, it's it's better to stay on high alert. It's yep. better to hit rock bottom at this state of our country. It's it's better. We're never going if we just keep staying at this this broken tier and and operating at a high level of frequency all the t- all the time, and we don't ever crash. We're never going to get to that ability to to rehabilitate, to to recover, to to get back. And 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 it's and it's going to be it's going to be a brutal cycle. It's going to break all cycles of. The left-right paradigm of, you know, the the left get the Oval Office for eight years, and the right get it, and every once in a while there's a disruptive change in place that take, you know, like you know George Bush is a one-termer, Trump was a one-termer, but you know we got we got to keep people at odds with each other, make them feel that their their voting makes it makes a difference here. What we're better <laughs> off to realize that we as humanity are much stronger, uh, being on being on, you know keeping our enemies our friends close, but our enemies closer. Right. And the last thing that we need is is a, a belief that through the current model that exists with the Democratic and Republican parties at the national level, that's going to make a difference because it, it's clearly it's clearly not. Look at look at the applause that that Biden received 
talking about the massive sanctions and we've been we've been the U.S. has been the leader in these massive sanctions that are that are occurring and and all this and the, and the left and the right they stand up and they applaud and they're like yeah we, we're going to do this we're going to spend billions of dollars and and again I I, I firmly believe it's not it's not going to be easy it's going to weed out a lot of people people who are weak people who are are are, are not Christian people who don't have faith that that we, you know we have to go through a, a, a transition period like that that we have to enter biblical times to to be able to get back to some type of, of, of prosperity and I'm not I'm not speaking about three or four years out I'm speaking about what the, the repercussions of this that, that this, the events unfolding and and again if we get back to understanding that focus on what's happening there at, at, at the local level it's going to be more important now more than ever as we go through this. V, and also to understand that there's very few people who are are speaking about this, and and I just want to give a quick shout out because uh, because I was really surprised that they allowed uh, this conversation, but um, uh, Kim Iverson, who who yeah. I'm starting to get more and more respect for, uh, she has her own platform, but then she also is on on the Hill, and she did a, a 15 or 16 minute segment. And the title of that segment was Ukraine, Russia is really about the demise of the U.S. hegemony, hegemony and the petrodollar. <laughs> yep. And she went in and talked about it. And it was so awesome. It was so awesome and refreshing to hear, you know, someone speaking to, to that level and, and truly, truly getting it. And the co-hosts that are there, they're very much plugged into the existing model. And they were they were trying to rebuke and try to you know do things. But she stood her ground. She's like, well, listen, I, I think you guys need to pay attention to what's happening. But um. Yeah, so that's just again, that's just what what my thoughts are as we navigate through this. And this is a yeah, yeah, this is a great one. Go ahead, V. Take take it over. Yeah, um, I was actually re- responding to uh, to Green typing it up, but I'll I'll respond to um, to Green in a second. Folks, this is what I want you to do. Every single one of you, you know, get Matthew Eric's book. Okay, the Clash of Two Americas. Okay, um, and um, uh, the Unfinished Symphony. Right. Uh, and then get Andre Martinov's book. I'm getting Martinov on. I'm scheduling him this coming week. He's back from his his vacation. This book, like I've been a student of the geostrategic geoeconomics since 2007. Okay, I've worked for an outfit. Um, a buddy of mine could vouch for that. He's worked for the same outfit. I'm not going to name that outfit. But understanding the markets in relation to defense and defense policy is something that I'm pretty darn good at. And I had a lot of holes because even a lot of the Western sources that I'd go looking into and they'd educate me and I'd sit there and I'd talk to these guys who some people would think are like the greatest brainiacs on God's green earth and when it comes to strategy and whatnot and the geostrategic. And I'm like, you know, it let me it left me wanting. So I've always had like questions, right? I always had these holes that needed to get filled in my in my logic, right? Andre Martinov's book filled every single one of those holes. I recommend you go on Amazon and you get this damn book. The Audible is fantastic because, look, let's be honest here, because, you know, we're not, we're all busy. We all got things to do in the middle of me working. One time I did the whole entire Audible series of this, Losing Military Supremacy. It was brilliant. I was so impressed by this book. I, I purchased both of his other books, and I'm reading through them now. Get it. It is massive, massively important for you to understand. Americans do this because they created a propaganda for you guys. 
The propaganda is that you're the biggest, strongest country in the world, and you don't have to worry about consequences. You're not the strongest country in the world. You don't have the largest economy in the world, and you don't have the most powerful military in the world. Those are facts. And most Americans' heads will explode if I tell them that. Because you think that, that, that allows you, okay, that allows you to take a very laissez-faire attitude into what is done in your country, number one, because of, and number two, what is done in your name. After all, if you've been told that you're the greatest, wonderful, most incredible country in God's green earth, then, you know, they can do anything. They can raise your taxes. They can eviscerate your freedoms. They can do, you know, they, they can go uh, get you involved in, in foreign wars and have your sons and daughters' blood spilled, and you wouldn't care. You're not any of those things. You're a broke, dilapidated country that's been running a bullshit scheme and a Ponzi scheme for the last 50 years. That's the truth. Your economic numbers are fake. 50% of your GDP numbers are nothing but reshuffled debt. Your military is a joke. Your military hardware don't work. It's only good at, at, at knocking out third world countries. And, it's, and not, not keeping them, not, not like holding the territory because you suck at war, guerrilla warfare. You've always sucked at continental war. That's a, that's a darn fact. And you've never been in a situation where you faced total annihilation. You got lucky. You understand? America got lucky at the end of World War II, and we squandered it. You need to understand that. You might, you might not want to agree with me right now. Right now, that might have offended you, what I just said. But go home. Think about it. Let it marinate in your bread, in your, in your head. We got lucky after World War II. We were the only country in the developed world that didn't have their in entire infrastructure and industry blown to bits. We were lucky by default. That's it. That's the only reason why we're here. And we squandered it. And rather than making the world a better place, dude, oh, the things we did. Squandered it. Now to Jagreen's uh, question. Now, you hear a lot of things about, about China persecuting Christians. It's a bunch of bullshit. I'll tell you why. First of all, China is a Confucius, you know, Buddhist country. Especially Confucian, you know, and whatnot. And they understand that a lot of American intelligence operations occur through nonprofit organizations like churches. You will be shocked to find out how many of your mega church pastors are on the CIA FBI payroll. You will be shocked. Okay. And the Chinese understand that a lot of their they they know that a lot of governmental intelligence operatives and assets are able to mold their way in through missionary groups and get in to subvert. So they're very, very fearful of that. But that has turned around into, oh my God, they're slaughtering Christians. And that eventually evolves, oh my God, they're slaughtering Christians like the Falun, and they're organ harvesting like the Falun, what they did to the Falun Gong. Not true. Oh, they got white vans just driving around town, and they, they want an organ, they'll just go ahead and they'll catch you off the streets and cut you open and take your kidney out and dump you somewhere, and then uh, that's how they do it over there. 
It's not happening. None of that is true. I have friends of mine, Western friends that have lived in China for decades. I cannot get I cannot pay them enough money to move back to the United States. What does that tell you? China's for China. China's for the Chinese. And you have to understand it, it fits their culture the way they run things today. But in terms of Uyghur genocide, that's bullshit. Oh, they're persecuting the Falun Gong. Yeah, they're persecuting the Falun Gong. They, they don't want the Falun Gong to operate. Why? The Falun Gong is a CIA creation. And they also know that many of the missionary organizations that are in China are with the U.S. intelligentsia. And this is why that any you, you can be a missionary and go to China. They have no problem with you running a church, but they want to know what you're doing. If you're open with them, you're cool. You're not trying to subvert their traditions. Their culture, you're not trying to foment any sort of discord within their population. You can do whatever you want. You can, you can espouse whatever. You can go there and, and, and tell them that uh, that Jesus is a blue alien. They'll let you do it. That's the real pragmatic reality on the ground. And another thing, China is also the only country in the world where not only are the Jesuits not allowed to operate. And this is why the Catholic Church cannot even put in a new bishop there without authorization from, from the Chinese government. They look into his finance. They want to know who he is, his contact, and then he's watched. They know about the Catholic Church and the dirty games they play. They know about it very well. And this is also the reason why Soros is not allowed to operate in there as well. It's about protecting their livelihoods. This is how the West plays. So the Western audience is like, oh my God, they're, they're slaughtering Christians. Christian persecution in China. Nope. Nope. It's, 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 uh, and they've done such a good job. I want you to think about this. For decades, China has been weeding out intelligence operatives in China that work for the CIA. Okay? And they've done a good job of it because the CIA infiltrates through NGOs, they infiltrate through religious organizations, missionary organizations, this, that, and the other. They're so damn good at it to the point where the CIA, about a few months ago, started to complain. And they complained and said, hey, you know what, uh, we can't get anybody in China. We have a hard time trying to infiltrate China. Exactly. Do not believe anything coming from Western media sources. And take with a major, huge, gigantic salt what is coming out of old media these days. Because I'll tell you right now, it's, it's, it, they are, old media does a good job with domestic issues, but they don't know jack diddly shit about what goes on in the world. Those are my two cents each. Awesome, V. Love it. Any last things you want to say, Brother Man? <clears throat> nope, that's it. That's All it. Right, um, appreciate we, everyone tuning in. Absolutely. Tomorrow, folks, we are back at it again. Keep it locked right here. Rogue News tomorrow. We have Vela's back on tomorrow. And we have Harley Schlanger tomorrow. It's going to be epic. With that being said, we are over and out. This will be on RogueNews.com. So get to RogueNews.com where you'll find all of our shows. And with that being said, we're over and out. Cheers, y'all.